as a parent, wherever you think you might be failing or didn't do enough, just remember what you've done. Grass isn't always greener. You've got to have that perspective and uh, your, your kids and how they behave in the world and operate as humans is a great reflection on how you've done as a, as a father. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a guest, so thank you for hanging in with just my voice only. Hopefully you learned something from the things that I've been going through and observing in the world. And I have Matt back with me. And if you haven't heard Matt, you need to go back. We rewind a little bit and go check out those podcasts. Matt Schaup. Yes. Right. And Schaup. Matt, the crazy thing with Matt is, uh, I don't know. I just feel a really cool connection with him. He's a business owner. I, uh, he's really into leadership and men's stuff. So it really, for me, it's just a super easy conversation, but I've always pronounced his name wrong. So that's a win. And then I was driving from, dude, we you could ghosted talk about this. me. You ghosted me. I know. Man. You I was driving all the way from my town, 25 us. hours. <laughs> I drove from Montana to, to Texas and I made one stop and it was literally like 15, 20 minutes from Matt's house. I had no clue. I had mm. no clue. But, uh, Matt, welcome back again, brother. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, it was funny because I'm uh, too too plugged in sometimes to the social media. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not touching my phone. I'm not touching anything. And then the next morning you said either I'm in Fort Collins or what's there to do in Fort Collins. I'm like 13 hours ago. Maybe he's still there. And you had already you had already been way, way long gone at that Dude, point when I, I called you. I rolled in at like I'm, I was doing 75 hard at the time. And doing 16 hour drive days is really not conducive to drinking a gallon of water and working out twice. So I get up super early in the morning, guzzle water, go for a rock or a walk in the morning, typically walks because I'm traveling, go for a, a walk, a very robust walk for 45 minutes in uncharted territory in the pitch black. And then, um, oh, the first morning I, you know, kind of, uh, I, anyway, <laughs> a bear, a bear story, but, uh, I, I, Took off from Montana. It's like, okay, 16 hours. I just put in my GPS, 16 hours. Where does that land me? Fort Collins or Denver? I want to go further. I'm going to go. And so I just did that and landed there, got out of the car, found a hotel, drove to a few of them, booked my room, went up to my room, changed, worked out <laughs> for my second workout. Did the second workout, yep. I already read, did my stuff in the morning, million stops because of all the water. And, uh, it, I was knew I had to be up like at 5 a.m. in the morning, the next morning. And of course you texted me the next morning. I was like two hours down the road. So yeah. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So, uh, when I travel, I'm not smart and plan where I'm going. I just say, how far can I drive today? <laughs> and that's gotten some me some bad that. experiences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get, but, you know, I know we're going to have you and your wife up here to, uh, hang with Emily and I, we'll do, we'll do some Spanish dinner and we'll hang out. We'll, we'll actually plan it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some about that planning. Uh, anyway, so you guys may or may not know if you listened to Matt before, you probably don't know, but Matt is a business owner. He owns multiple businesses. He has a painting and roofing company. He has a real estate brokerage and he owns a jujitsu gym, which I know some of you will just tune in just because of that. Uh, he's also an author. He's working on a kid's book right now. He just got back from a big trip, which I want to talk about, yeah, uh, kind of yeah. a leadership men's type of thing, of course, which is near and dear to my heart. So um, that's why I like Matt. And that's why Matt's here for the second or third time, probably the third. This is time three, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been it's been great to connect. We, we got connected through uh, Podmatch and then, yeah, super hit it off on the first episode. You kind of accidentally got to talk to Emily. On which was awesome. Because yeah. I, I had stepped out to use the restroom and I come back and you guys are like filming a podcast. So we, uh, <laughs> we, we hit it off. It was great. Yeah, I love your wife. She's awesome. She reminds me a little bit of mine. And probably, uh, you know, just when there's a woman who is a superpower for a man, you can feel it. Yes. Right? Yeah. And she is that for me. And that, that's so important um, in business and especially this space we're in, man, for as busy we are, uh, we're big visionaries. We've got a lot of things going on. And when you can come home at the end of the day or a little break in the middle of the day. And she's like, you know what, what, what do you got going on? How can I help? I'm here for you. Uh, Emily's jumped back in the business, some of the businesses right now. Cause we yeah. just, that's, that's where we're at. That's just where it's at. And, All hands on um, deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she's great. She's great. We were coming up on 20 years of, of well, 19 years of marriage this past right. summer and 20 years plus of knowing each other and gr amazing. growing and having, having fun, you know, kids are 15 and 12. 
That's what so I was yeah. just going to say. You got two, yeah. just like me. I'm 15 and 19. You're 15 and 12. So you're a few steps behind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot we could talk about, like about kids and having kids at different ages. And I do wanted to get into that. But mm-hmm. you just took a handful of men yeah. and did a, a leadership slash experiential event through Spain. Yes. Yeah. Spain, Spain is so near and dear to my heart. So the, it's called the hike of a lifetime. And uh, we took this hike on the Camino de Santiago. So uh, the Camino, the way of St. James, it's a, it's a 500 mile pilgrimage that there's lots of different routes that take you to Santiago, but the traditional one starts in Southern France. You hike up over the Pyrenees and then you hike West all the way across Northern Spain. It's a 30 to 40 day hike. And uh, what we did is we went over and we hiked the last 115 kilometers. So it's about 72 miles, six days. And yeah, we did so with a group of, it, it was really interesting. I didn't initially plan it this way, but it, it was all male faith-based Christian business leaders and, uh, or, or owners. And um, I, I, when, when I saw that, I kind of closed off registration to other people per se, just because I'm like, man, there's a layer that we can throw in there with with faith and praying for the guys and talking about those things. Yeah. And I, I always I, I have really high expectations of myself when, when I do things. So I'm really hard on myself. And man, we we throw this experience, I would say collectively, we had a couple little hiccups that weren't big deals, kind of seemed like it at the time, but it ended up from all the feedback from the guys being so much more than we planned, than they hoped for. They're like, you really undersold this thing. And it was awesome. And yeah. we're, we're planning in 2025 to do a father-son version of this. Um, That'll be next level, dude. I've, and, people have asked me yeah. to do father-son things. I'm yeah. like, that's well, the next level it, thing. I, I found the Camino in 2019 hiking with a group of Colorado State University students. That's how I kind of plugged into it. I'm like, this is awesome. While I was there, I called my son. I said, when you're a little bit older, dude, we're going to go do this. And we did that two years ago. Mm-hmm. when um, he was about 13. And I kind of turned that into using those six days to talk about the uh, kind of six core tenets of manhood uh, based on a book that a guy named Chris Bruno wrote called Manmaker Project. Okay. So yeah, as I'm hiking with the men just a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm there with a buddy and I'm like, hey, your son Landon could do this. And he's like, Landon could do this. He's only like, a, like 10 or 11 now. And I'm like, a couple more years. So we're, we're going to do it. It's, uh, it's just out there right now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's exciting. I've had a lot of guys ask me if they could do father son. I've always mm-hmm. taken one of my boys to my events. They kind of come as a, a ranch hand or a second hand, if you will. Yeah. They don't, and it's more of the opportunity for me and those. It's this, them ex- exposure because we don't plan mm-hmm. events around what you know that age would love to do. But yeah. it's that exposure that I think is incredibly important. But that sounds. Amazing. And it's going to bring a whole nother slew of things that you're going to have to work through. <laughs> you know, it, it, def- it definitely is. Yeah. We, we learned, you know, learned some lessons on this event we had talked about like this one. Uh, it, it was a break even financially the way it all oh. laid out. And yeah. that's cool. Cause when I did this two years ago, when we took our team over, like I paid for all that. So I'm like, Hey, I went from paying for it, which was a big investment to a break even, but now we've like, we've got it worked out. Like it's, it's where the next one is just, okay, we're going to plug it in and, and have a couple other layers. And yeah. And I think uh, I didn't charge enough, I, I would cool. say. And that's what a lot of other people said. So that's an interesting conversation. So I'm going to open up pretty quite wide here is uh, I was in the same boat for the first event. I was lucky enough to share it with a good buddy of mine, Alex, and we both out of pocket paid 4k for the very first event I did. And then, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. this one I paid, I would did it alone. I paid out of pocket 15 K and, and the whole intent Mm -hmm. was to actually make a little money. I didn't care if I made a lot. I just didn't want to go negative. I thought it would be cool to recoup what I got last year. And that was the plan. And then some crazy things happen. But the the beautiful thing is, is and every time you go through something like this, you learn new things and you get new things, get new inspiration and new ideas. And, um, the one thing that I think you really have going for you is it's the same activity every time. Like, you know, this is the Camino. This is the, this is the hike we're doing. Now you're dealing with international. There's a lot of of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the Spanish, the, the Spanish overlay of 
they, they just have a different idea of customer service and giving a, giving a crap about people. Like we got one of the guys flying back from Santiago to Madrid because we were going to have this whole experience in, in Madrid. We were going to get back mm. at like 10 a.m., catch a taxi and show them this really cool town, totally different cultural experience. So we're checking in early morning, like we're super tired. And then the Spanish, you know, check-in lady. Oh, yeah, this guy, Greg, one of our participants, he doesn't get a ticket. What do you mean he doesn't get a ticket? Like I bought his, I bought his freaking ticket. No, he's on standby. And as we saw this thing play out, like they basically bumped him off the flight, knowing that I would get bumped with him because I'm not going to leave him there in Spain right. by himself. And then they put two freaking employees of the airline on that flight. We were pissed. So I, we, we ran a car and I did a six and a half hour drive to Madrid in five hours. And we landed at 3.30 for a big, big Spanish surprise lunch. And everybody was cool, but like just that, you know, and just being able to being able to turn on a dime and, and make it work yeah. and stay stay that's positive. That's what it takes. That's yeah, what it takes. It Staying positive. That's, <laughs> that's so. Uh, what were some of the experiences that were just that you know were life changing for these guys? Because when you do something like this, you really go out on a limb. Like you really yeah. don't know how deep people are going to go. You really don't know what to expect. You got different personalities. You've got guys who are used to leading. That's another thing is leading guys who are used to mm-hmm. leading is a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know, it was, it was really interesting. So the, um, the six people plus me, that makes seven, there were six people there and five of them I knew pretty well. One, mm-hmm. one of them is my best friend and, and his name, his name's Chris Hokum. Uh, you got to have him on the show, but he's like, Matt, whatever you're doing, I believe in it. And if it's an idea, I'm in like, he's been in with everything I've ever done, like wow. totally supports it. So he's like, I'm just going with it. And then I, I, I knew everybody to a certain degree. And then we had one gentleman who was a, kind of a wild card, went on his podcast and we talked offline. I had never physically met him in person. And I go, hey, you want, you want to go to Spain? He goes, sure. And then he shows up and I'm like, this could go one of two ways. But um, oh, yeah. I think just the dynamic, all of these guys came with the, the goal they wanted to unplug. And I think the biggest surprise for me is I'm very much a planner. Like I had intentional exercises every day. We'd open an envelope and I go, okay, today, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about this. And then I'm kind of watching this play out and it's not happening. I'm like, well, shoot, this is what I planned. This is what I wanted to have happen. But organically over here, something else happens. And then like I got two grown men crying and, and hitting it off. And then one of the guys coming to do photography his feet, his knees are wrecked the first day. He can't even hike the second day. Um, and he's there as a vendor, right, to, to document this. But the way everybody came together and really realized the the value that they all brought for other men and the value that they could pull from other men. And it was all different kinds of personalities and backgrounds, too. Um, and I would say we, we acted like uh, silly little five-year-old kids and – it's just some of the joking and the laughing and just the things that we just don't get to do. And that was really fun. It was really fun. That layer. I don't, I think, you know, I've never really talked about that when I've promoted my events or done reviews with the guys at my events, but a lot of that, that stuff is really memorable. I, we did that one game, just like a group of seven of us were sitting in the lodge and we had that game where you put your phone on your forehead and it's got a uh-huh. word on it and you, you oh, flip it oh, every time. You the, flip it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're doing these acting. I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. And it was like, you know, yeah. on the ground, rolling around being so silly. And some of this stuff was yeah. completely inappropriate, but it was, we, we it, were too. Yeah. yeah. And that was one of the most memorable things, believe it or not. Like you paid all this money to come on this like high level <laughs> leadership thing, 5,000 miles away and you're telling fart jokes and we're just, Roll, right. like rolling on the floor laughing in the middle of the woods in Spain. Yeah. And I, I think what I want, the point is, is I want men to kind of latch onto that. Like if you remember yeah. your childhood with like your best friend or your best group of friends, what did you do when no one was around? You did yeah. stupid stuff. They're mm-hmm. really stupid things that just seem so immature. And if you can get back to that, I think it renews your soul. Mm-hmm. Right. One of, one of the biggest surprises too, is on the third day of the hike, uh, we hike into the town of Malide and, you know, if you don't know Spain, you've never heard of it. It's a very small city, but it's uh, known for its octopus. They have this world famous restaurant. People oh, like everybody goes there. So we get in, we're doing the octopus and we're sitting there just having amazing cuisine. And we're seeing all these people come into the restaurant with white t-shirts with, um, you know, it's like if you're going to a football game, you decorate your t-shirt, mm-hmm. right? Kind of a thing, all these different mm-hmm. kind of clubs and neighborhoods, but they're soaked in wine. Like these white t-shirts are pink. And we're like, what's going on here? And they go, oh, it's the basically translates to the festival of the drunks, 
right? Oh my gosh. And we go, what is the festival of the drunks? And Spain is known for their party. They're like, well, if you go up the road, just right past your hotel, around the corner, there's a, a two square block, kind of a main street square, and everybody's going to be drinking, throwing wine on each other. They're like, so go, if, if you want to go check it out, it would be, and I go, we happened, we happened to have hiked into this town during their annual celebration of, I mean, I'm talking men, women, children, all ages, everything, wow. just walking around squirt guns with wine. So we, we went <laughs> like, we just jumped into this party and, uh, it was, it was fun. Totally not planned. Yeah. So I think, I think the big lesson is, um, for as much as we plan and lead these things, you've got to give space to have stuff happen organically and not be so dang rigid on what you're trying to do. Cause I think the more you try to force stuff, which, which I think I might've done a little bit, just, just let it happen organically. But you all, you also can't just sit there and go, we'll see what happens, happens. You, you do have to give some structure as well and, and balance those things. It's, it's hard, man. I, cause I, I have kind of the same way. And on like the second night of my event this year, my son needed me to help him get something back to his property. And it was like a 45 minute drive. And I started watching guys start to kind of group together. It was evening. I'm like, you know what? I need a break. I need a mental break. Mm-hmm. And I left. I left and helped my son. I just left. Yeah. It was my event. I left. There's other gentlemen helping me there. And um, I came back and just kind of integrated. But so many conversations and things were happening at that point that were very high level. And if I would have stayed, I might have forced something. But a couple of guys were really upset with me that I just left without saying anything. I'm like, look, did I really need to be there? <laughs> like, right. like yeah. this is, you know, just letting things happen. It's a kind of a lesson, but, um, what, what, like, let's your next one's in two years. Is that what you said? So I alternate on, on even years. I do one called ultimate immersion experience. So this okay. is, a t- and this is the one that we did with our team. So this was the first one I ever did. And that one's really locked down. Um, that's, that's open to six people. So it's mm-hmm. real, real close. Um, you know, it's definitely big, big investment, big commitment, small group, but it is an adventure challenge immersion experience. So it is a combination of think amazing race. So there's going to be some really uniquely crafted challenges, um, where you're literally in the culture of Spain and you're put into really uncomfortable, really fun, exciting challenges within the group. You're either individually or maybe in a team and, um, you're running around Spain and then we're going to break and we're going to go have like amazing meals and cuisines and then go do, you know, the touristy stuff, right. That you can right. go book with Apple vacations. But the big, the big crux is that as I've been there for 20 years, I have uh, really deep relationships with people and we have these really intentionally curated experiences um, with the people that I have these relationships with that are not open to anybody else in the world. One of them, like you'll sign an NDA because you get to go see a part of Spanish and Sevillan history and culture that this family will not open up to anybody else oh, in the wow. world. Very so, cool. so just think, think about that. And then again, just bonding in the presence of other leaders who are like really uncomfortable, but experiencing a country where just when I get into Spain mode, man, like it's a, it's a, I'm Spanish Matt. And to be able to share that with people and, um, that, that part of my life and my heart and, that, and that's, that's ultimate immersion. Yeah. So that yeah. one's coming up last week of April of next year. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. So who are you looking to go on these trips? I mean, you, you talked about, there was mm-hmm. kind of like a spiritual, there was kind of like a, yeah. a believer overtone for this one It just happened to happen that way. But what's that, the that, avatar mm-hmm. for your, for your prayer group? Yep. Yep. So the, so the avid, the avatar is going to be a business owner, business leader. So, you know, high level executive C-suite where, um, you know, they're, they're making, they're making great money, but they're really trapped in a rut. Like they're just too busy to get out of their own way and get out of the space they're in to be able to have fun, do some reflection, bond and grow with other leaders. Um, and then it's like, well, if you're going to do that, why don't you go all in and like, literally let's fly five, 6,000 miles away. And, and I want to take you to a country and a culture that I totally love. So they've got to be open to, you know, that adventure and that unknown. Um, yeah. and, and then there's got to be a deep trust in me that they, that they have. So, and then, yeah. and then you got to get, you got to get it approved by the spouse, you know, and then make time in the calendar. So those are big, those are big steps. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, I know another guy that does this and, his trips, he does like five trips a year, four trips a year. They're all over the place. And, uh, it's not quite the same level, but I, I do know his prices are really high, but he books them out yeah. every single time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's something to it. I, I, the only reason I mentioned that is because I think guys are like, well, I don't know that I'd pay that. I'm like, just go once and figure out what it's about. <laughs> you'll, you'll pay it again. Well, right? and, it's, and it's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I told everybody, I said, hey, if, if whatever I'm charging and you're paying, if you're not like receiving that value literally in the first couple of days of this, then I, A, I shouldn't be doing this. B, let me know. And C, I'll, I'll make that adjustment and course correct. And like I look at hike of a lifetime, you know, I'm looking at the numbers on paper, huge investment, right? Planning, right. executing. I'm, I came back pretty, pretty whooped, but man, yeah. like that experience is going to touch these guys forever. Yeah. And then I know next time I do it, I'm just going to bump it, just bump it up a little bit. But, um, yeah, you've got to, you've got to leave some room in these experiences, these events for the unknown. Right. So like we had a couple of unknowns and things that popped up where I'm like, shoot, wasn't planning on spending that thousand euro. Now we yeah. did. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay. So what do you, what would identify like if there's a guy listening now, he's like, I think I kind of fit that. Mm-hmm. What kind of, what's the breakthrough? What's the major breakthrough most of these guys have? Like, or can you even define it? The biggest yeah, no, that's a great. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, you know, hike of a lifetime, that's, that's a totally different experience. That one is, it's an unplug. It's a disconnect. You are outside, you are in nature. That is like, Hey, I've got everything I need on my back for the mm-hmm. day. And I need water, I need shoes, and and that's about it. And it might rain. It'll probably rain one day. Um, and you're just there in the presence of other men. Your phones are turned off. So I think a lot of those breakthroughs is like, holy cow, when's the last time I've done this? I've never been able in a long time to do this. And, and when you open that space and you have other people, really cool things happen. You know, really mm-hmm. cool discussions we had. I mean, we had stories of loss and tragedy and, and other people there to support each other. And then just the physicalness of hiking up that, that hurts. Like it, it's, yeah, it's, it it's sore on the body. I think I under communicated some of the level of uh, difficulty that there could be. So that was one piece of feedback is I think they were expecting it to be a little flatter and easier. Not um, so physical, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that, you know, the big, the big breakthroughs is that the, the perspective that they've gotten in that space to be able to reflect on life, see what's really important. And I think the biggest thing for them is um, we, we were carrying these rocks in our backpack along the journey. And without giving too much away is like, what do you carry as a man, as a leader that it's slowing you down, it's weighing you down and finding that moment to relinquish that. Those were the big experiences and and takeaways from hike of a lifetime. Now, ultimate immersion, that is more like, hey, I want there's it's all fun, but there's a there's a huge fun, sun, food, culture, cuisine. It's very high paced, fast paced. It's like, hey, I want an adventure. And I want to jump into a new space with some people that I may not know. Um, But all of the challenges and experiences are all circled around these these core principles of being uncomfortable, growing in your leadership, thinking about your vision, really analyzing where you're at in life. What kind of stuff are you carrying that you just don't want to carry anymore? And it's like you're having fun, fellowship, food in Spain with me, with people. But you're also being massively challenged and very uncomfortable. And that just clicks and connects with different parts of, of people. And, and that's the big takeaway there. Yeah. There's something about challenge. It was so over talked about right now, but I don't think guys it's talked about in leadership. Like, Oh, you need to be always challenging yourself. Be ready. Be prepared. You know, um, there's just something about it. Like people ask me, why do you put a weighted pack on your back every morning and walk? Well, it never ever is easy. And I don't do it just because it sucks, but the fact that it sucks and then I'm done, like I've conquered something big before I've even like, you know, before half the the world's awake. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not going to tell everybody get up at 4am and go do this thing. I I don't get up till 515, but there is something, there's just something a little extra about pain and then going through it with other people is pretty insanely cool. It it is. And there was that, just that camaraderie. I mean, one of the, you know, one of the big kind of two experiences is, um, you know, our vendor, Bob, he's a photographer, right. And, uh, just super awesome guy. He's a police officer here in town, like such a great fit. And he's, he's been training. He was probably training the most for this hike. And, you know, we get going and couple, couple miles, maybe half the day. And he's like, Oh crap, man. I got my toes a little weird. He's like big, big blisters. And you don't, you don't want blisters on the Camino. You don't want blisters on the hike. And then I see him kind of start, you know, stumbling and and I'm like, crap. He goes, yeah, my knee. So we roll into the first city. It's about a 15 mile first day of hiking. You know, we roll in like five o'clock and he can't, he, he can't even get up the stairs and he's just like, 
I'm here to provide service for you. You know, he's like, what do I do? And he was just like, he was devastated. And I'm like, this is a great time for us to come together and pray for this guy. Right. Like yeah. who, who, who would have thought that that would have happened? And it's like, all right, what's the game plan for the next day? We got him a taxi and he got a couple kilometers or miles up ahead. I go, Hey, you're going to stop here and meet us right here on the trail. This is a great shot. And we figured it out. And then he iced That's his awesome. knee easy. And then he hiked, he freaking hiked into Santiago, wow. you know, like, like good. He's, he's, his blisters are still there, but, but that was just so cool and unexpected and, you know, it's, it's, it's a vendor versus a participant. So that adds an, adds a layer and a different dynamic to things. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. I was wondering how you manage that because you got someone that came to do photos and they get down for the count on the first day. That's pretty brutal. That makes it hard, but it sounds but like he, you guys made it happen. He was, he was more distraught, like the physical pain that he was in. And I know what that feels like because I've, I've had I had a knee experience the first time that was awful. And I go, I know how you're feeling, but like what he was more hurt about hundred times more, thousand times more was dude, I'm here to provide a service and I can't. And I'm like, yes, you can. It's just going to look a little, a little different and we'll figure it out. And he did. So. Well, if anybody's in business listening to this, this is, this is how you run a business. Like things you're, mm-hmm. you can never figure out what curveball is coming next and you have to prepare. You have to uh, pivot on the point. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you just have to make things happen. So I think that's pretty cool. I think it's yeah. really cool. Before, we, so next trip is going to be the 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 uh, the more of the sightseer experience thing, and then the hike yeah. of a lifetime mm-hmm. will be in 2024. 20, 25, yeah, so twenty five. Yes, twenty five. It's odd. Okay, it's ultimate immersion, and then the plans for right. now is the the father son hike. You know, I, I always over. I was talking to Emily. I go, what if what if we get a good gang of father sons put together for like late 24 and we're like, no, we're going to do one a year. Cause yeah. it's, it's a, it's a big undertaking. It, it would be too much for me to commit to. Yeah. 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 Just getting everybody to one place in the United States is a, is a logistical monster. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine moving yeah. through another country. Of course, you know, it oh, really yeah. well, but that's yeah. really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, well guys, the, this, all the links will be in the show notes, you know, the, yeah. you know, the thing. So if you're very interested in this, which you should be, the thing I, that you haven't sold is you. I'm just telling you guys, Matt is an amazing person. So we'll just put it out there. Thanks, man. You want to, you want to get in that, in that, you want to get in rooms with Matt or in on trails before we were recording, we were talking about parenting and I want to, I want to pivot mm-hmm. to that because totally. Yes. We, you know, we both have kids. You have a 12 and a 15. I have a 15 and a 19. Um, yours are one year older, but you brought something up that I really want to talk about. You said, you know, how to teach, how to parent in different seasons of life. You know, your kids are different ages. They have yes. different personalities. Mine totally have different personalities. And it's just been an incredibly interesting experience. So let's talk mm-hmm. about first, like where you're at and what kind of what struck yeah. that that thought in your mind. Yeah. So I've got a 15 year old son. His name's Riley. And it's, it's really interesting. He's like my mini me. He, he looks just like me, but he's got Emily's personality, right? So mm. I'm the extroverted, high driven risk taker, crazy, crazy guy. Talk first, think later. Um, and then Emily's the real slow process introvert. And, and that's Riley. So he's just very calm, cool, collected, very stoic. Uh, he's playing football, second year of football, and he's really like leaning into that right now. And like, the, I had a conversation with him this morning and, and kind of a memory. I remember when he's like this big and I'm literally holding him right. underneath his diaper and dancing him around the kitchen table to some like Spanish music. Right. And, and the kid's taller than me now. And it's just, just really thinking of that reflection of like, man, you're, you're growing up fast, which everybody said, and we didn't really listen to We're like, oh, yeah, sounds good. But I'm like, I got three, three years left with him and he could be out of the house. And it's like, how do you how do you parent? How can you be really intentional with like, Riley, what do you need from me right now? You don't need to be danced around on the on the kitchen table like you're you're bigger and stronger than me. You can defend yourself. You can you can probably take me in a jujitsu match like he catches me on, on the mats. Um, so it's like, what what do you need right now? versus Haley, who's 12. She's in middle school. She's very extroverted, you know, very, very artistic. So just the interests, the conversations, and just knowing how to, you know, you're not just this one avatar of overarching parent to both of your kids, but you've got to adapt to where they're at in life, their journey and their personality and making sure you're checking in with them about what they need. Yeah. 
and, and why and why they need it. I think what well, if I, one thing I'd like for um, any listener who has younger kids to kind of latch onto is that you need to develop a very open communication and sharing of feelings and being very vulnerable very early so that when you get to that those ages you still ha- you have instilled this value or this culture yeah. in your family of this communication is that something you guys felt you feel like you did a good job with and now you can share your son will be on I'm telling you well first do you feel like you're at a place where he he has that kind of instilled in him yeah i from you know one of one of my big goals in life like my legacy goal that i'm going to leave behind is just just changing the family tree and dynamic in, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways especially in that father son relationship and yeah from a very early age was very uh, very open with him very transparent about like my upbringing and and where I want to be a great dad and what that looks like and then um but but he see he doesn't give me the feedback so he goes okay and I'm like, dude, I need the, I need the response. I need, I need that. And um, we were in Kenya for a uh, restoration project. So Chris Bruno, who I just mentioned, um, he wrote Manmaker Project. He has something called Restoration Project. And they do father-child experiences locally, domestically, and then they do international. So we're in, we're in Kenya and we're there with other fathers and their children, both sons and daughters that are anywhere from 15 to 19 years old. And they're having like campfire with the dads, campfire with the kids. And, you know, he's getting a chance to kind of uh, hear the dynamics and that whole trip. I'm like, man, he's not giving me feedback about, and that was part of the trip. It was like, what do you need from dad at this part and phase of your life? And he wrote this note, very, very short note, but he's just like, man, you know, listening to other stories of other kids and reflecting on everything you've done for me um, really, really makes me thankful you're a great dad. And like that's his style, his communication, like that's a lot for him. Right. I mean, right. he seems a little to me. Um, so, yeah. And, and it's just just understanding that. But we've been very, very transparent about those things. Um, and then Haley, she's kind of on the flip side, like, ah, you know. Um, just, just hugs and attention, love languages, you know, that, that book is just as relevant for the parent child dynamic as it is for the spousal sig other dynamic. Yeah. So interesting. My oldest is, is definitely, um, an introvert gets energy from being alone. Doesn't really. Uh, show a lot of emotion. Like I bought him a vehicle, you know, basically he agreed to pay for a vehicle and then I bought him something Mm -hmm. like $30,000 more and surprised him. Mm -hmm. He still has to pay his part of it, but it was Uh kind of like, cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I told my wife, I'm like, I have to be emotionally and um, mentally ready because he's not going to show his emotion later. Mm -hmm. He'll come back and say, and he did. He's like, wow, what an incredible opportunity. What an incredible thing. Right. But, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. there's my, it, it's just so different. I don't know that parents are prepared. They think the way they do one is the way the other one's going to work. And it's almost yeah. like a sick joke. <laughs> it, it really is. So yeah. again, like Riley, Riley looks like me, but it is Emily's personality. And then Haley looks just like Emily. But she, you know, this, this is my answer to things. She goes, I'll kick you in the nuts. Like what, what happens if a boy man kick him in the nuts? You know, we were in yeah. Spain. She, she, she hit a guy. Yeah. Um, cool story. And, yeah. Great story. Go yeah. back, go back and listen to that, that last yeah. episode we did. Um, but yeah, just, uh, understanding that you can't, you know, you can't expect your, your child to communicate, respond, reply the way that you want to hear it and, and think and the way you need to hear it. Like Riley's not a physical touch kind of a guy. Like I see him in the morning and come yeah. get a hug. He's like, ah, don't do that. But, but he's even, he, he realizes that the rest of the family, all three of us are. Oh, so wow. he'll, he'll literally come out and we're like, he's like, okay, it's okay. To, it's okay to give me a hug. And then you get his hug and it's like, take advantage of that right there. Um, you know, and he's just more, he's just more the, the, qual- the quality time guy. And when he's quiet, he's good, you know, but then there'll be moments when he's like, we call it the chatterbox. And all of a sudden, mm. like he's talking football. He was talking about how pissed off he was at school that they didn't give him all his homework on a football trip. And now he's got more. And he just, he was opening up about that. That's cool. He sounds a lot like my oldest. What was the hardest so far? I mean, 12, you're only 12 and 15. What was the hardest mm-hmm. age so far that you've gone through? 
For <laughs> now, it's different for both of mine. So yeah, you know, I think for me right now, just because I'm in it right now, is for for me with my daughter. I was looking back. We we travel. I travel to Spain with each one of the kids every other year. We kind of flip flop, and we were in Spain, you know, two trips ago. She's like a little girl, happy, smiley, fun, no cell phone. Like daddy's little girl, we just go this this earlier this year. She's got the cell phone. There's middle school. There's friends, and I think that transition from like girl to young womanhood, I think it's it's super confusing for the girl. Yeah. She also had some transitions with going to a new school and like just the girl the girl drama. I'm like, damn, that's just um, that's a lot. So seeing that change and having her navigate through that change, and then understanding how to be there and support her as a dad. Also, well, knowing that like mom's mom's going to talk to you about some of these things. She's like, I'm not going to talk to you about these changes in my body or the girl stuff. So that that's been that's been difficult. I think um, with Riley, I'm going to say it's coming up. (laughs) I I was going to say he's got he's got vehicle. He's got vehicle coming up. So he's going to have a car coming up. And I think with that freedom, I feel like we're not seeing him a lot right now with football. But I think for me, it's going to be that transition of like, he leaves the home or he gets to that point where he can, and he's totally out of there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that I've had it as much with Riley as I feel like I'm going through right now with Haley, but yeah, I think it is coming up. I think girls are harder from what I've heard. I don't have girls. I have two boys, but I'll tell you what happened. Bryson and Corbin were just the easiest kids. So easy. Of course, they had their things. They went through middle school for both of them was just hell. It's so stupid. Mm. It's just a stupid period in life. Kids are so mean. But um, for Bryson, it was like 17, 18. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he knew everything about everything and we were just dumb. And it was, you know, and that was really tough because he, he went from like mom and dad know everything, like, and super, mm-hmm. super, super, he was never really disrespectful, but it was that like, yeah, whatever. Cool, and, thanks. um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and now he's 19, he's out of the house and, and it was really amazing because he's like, oh, I'm learning a lot about life. We're like, yeah, there's a lot of things that we told you about kind of making, he's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. Mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. my youngest who's 15 now hit that this year and it is really okay. difficult, like just really independent uh i'm ready to drive leave me alone i don't yeah i don't i the hardest part for my wife of course and parents are uh yeah parents listening to this please prepare for this your boys at a point will stiff arm their mom because they're they're developing their independence and the way they have to do that is push the one who's always been the caretaker away and it's so extreme it, like it was a switch. Both of my boys went through, started to go through at the same time, which was insanely hard for my wife. Okay. I, I was like, I like literally said she'd just be distraught. And I said, uh, I feel like they're just putting a stiff arm out to you. She goes, yeah, I mean, it just destroyed her. Right. She got one leaving mm-hmm. and he's pushing away because he's probably d- developing a natural gap. So he doesn't have to lean on his mom. He, this is, in, yeah. this is intuitive. We're like, I've got to supply support myself. Therefore I need to push you away so I can figure this mm-hmm. out. And then my youngest did it and is still doing it. And that's just really hard on women. That's probably been the biggest mm-hmm. thing is supporting my wife through this really, really hard transitions where she's been the one that they leaned on. She's always been the one that took care of them, that mm-hmm. pulled them in, nurtured yeah. them, you know, and then, and I'm here going, babe, it's time to push them out of the nest. And this is good and it's real and they'll come back around. But right now, this is the most important thing for them to do. And it sucks. Yeah. And boy, dude, Matt, start start preparing for your wife for that. Okay. Now. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I think it's like, how, how does Emily, like how do the wives, our wives respectively uh, respond to that? And then sitting here as the man, the husband going, hold on a minute, like, don't disrespect your mom like that. I'll still whoop your ass. Oh, Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but then you're on the other end. You're going, I but, but you're doing, you're doing this. The, this is why you're doing it. Yeah. You no, that's good. That's good. That's good to know. And we haven't, we haven't experienced that yet, but I know that, I know that's sure that's coming. We'll see. You, we'll see when the car thing comes. Come yeah. On. For you yeah. and your, for you and the listeners, I would say listeners start talking with your wife about this and preparing or like literally, Hey, I've been talking with somebody, I've been listening to somebody who's talking about when the boys get to a certain age, they assert 
their uniqueness and their independence. And it's very harsh on it. There's mm-hmm. a good chance it's going to be like, yeah, I've always taken hugs from you. I've always taken advice from you. I've always gone to you when things are going wrong. And all of a sudden that shifts to dad mm-hmm. or outside yeah. the home. And I, and yeah. just have that conversation with your wife, because I think the more prepared she is, the more she's going to, it's going to be incredibly hard. And what was the hardest for mine was that they would come to me and she'd have no idea. And she's like, I feel like I'm useless now. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 yeah. Just wait a minute. They're going to get married. They're going to have a woman come into their lives. There's going to be so much for you. This is just this small slice of life where they're the learning season. what yeah. they've got to do. And it, oh man, that's hard, man. I don't, yeah. I, it's, I don't wish that on any woman, but it's going to happen to every woman. And I told yeah. my wife, I'm like, this is good. This is actually good. If they weren't doing this, I'd be worried. Like, yeah. And I think seriously like worried. As, as much as that'll suck, I think having, just knowing that's coming down the pipe, at least just for me, right. That's, that's good for us to know and have that discussion. Cause when some of that stuff catches you off guard, I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that was going to happen. And then somebody's like, Oh yeah, that, that always happens. I didn't tell you. Well, now now yeah. we know. <laughs> <laughs> no one talked to me about it. And it was, yeah. it was very interesting. And, and I think my younger started doing it earlier because he saw his brother doing it and he's like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And he's a little more, he's more like that. And so, you know, I don't know what that effect is of an older kid doing that, but boy, whew, that was, that was probably the hardest for us. You know, yeah, no, me good, watching good my wife kind of go through this. It was like morning. She like lost her little boys. It mm-hmm. was serious stuff, Matt. <laughs> Was it, was it pretty, did it seem pretty overnight or did it kind of slowly, slowly scale in it was or was it just like, quick. it was it real was, quick. It was quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm yeah, saying. We'll, Talk to your wives about it now. All right. I'm on it. I'm on it. Love it. Love <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Well, here I am dropping, telling you uh, things. So, you know, so how do you work through the personality differences? What kind of things do you guys, mm-hmm. you, you know, you and Emily probably work together. I've, I've, Talk to both of you at the same time. I feel like you probably work really great as a team. How do you work together to work through that? So I think I think just un- understanding how personalities and personality styles work through whatever framework you want to use. Um, yeah. Emily and I actually do an event here. It's called Couples Connection Night. So mm-hmm. we'll get together five couples. We cook Spanish dinner and we do a DISC survey and a Human Motivators Index survey. Oh, yeah. So I'm very... Uh, very well versed and skilled and certified and all that stuff. I, I always use it as part of my coaching. So we'll, we, we've had the kids take those and like literally so know their good. personality style. My daughter, she's 12 and she is like super altruistic. She will put everybody else before herself. And she's very creative, wants to be independent, really cares for people. And she's like that, that high eye, that extroverted emotional lightning bolt. So she'll have a hard time saying no. So, you know, she, she tends to gravitate towards certain friends that, that need a lot of help and need a lot of being poured into and has, has a hard time, you know, saying, get, getting that reciprocated to her, right. Or maybe saying, saying no to that. So like just understanding that, um, we were having, you know, she changed schools. She was losing, she thought losing a friend, right. That she wasn't going to see. And she was really upset about it. And it's like, well, here's why. Like, here's what this really interesting data shows you. So, uh, and you don't need them to take a survey, but it's like, is your kid introverted, extroverted? Um, what is the love language? Oh my gosh. Uh, have them do two, the love language. Yeah. I mean, if you do, you and your mm-hmm. spouse do the love languages yourself, you're going to see it in them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I'm dumb. So I have to print my <laughs> wife's love languages out. I have these sheets I created. I put the brotherhood logo on them and actually yeah. my team created them. I didn't. Um, and I keep them in my bathroom drawer because I forget because I operate on my love languages. I'm like, Oh, touch. Right. And then words of affirmation, like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's not her language. And it's like a cheat Mm -hmm. sheet that says, this is what you should do. This is what you don't do. And I think we have to have that for our kids too, because we're going to like your son, you're going to pull him in and Oh, he needs support. I'm going to pull him in. I'm going to hug him. And he's like, uh, I feel very awkward he, here. Yeah. Does the, does the push away too, or he turns, yes. you know, so it's, um, just, just knowing that. So I think like back to the question is have, have some kind of framework, yeah. whether, you know, it's a strength finders, like whatever, there's all kinds of methodologies out there and, and books, and then just, just talk about it openly and, you know, with, with kids and spouse and how, and then when, when you see it happening, like the other day, he's like, he just wanted to talk and he was super affectionate. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like that, that fills my cup for like the next couple of weeks. And I know you don't want to do it again for like another month. 
yeah. but you don't want those those big long hugs. So, you have to capture those yeah. moments because mine is the same. My oldest, he's and he, all of a sudden he's, he's going, and you're and mm-hmm. it's like no matter what, you just stop in the moment and you just do do it. And yeah. I want to I want to reiterate. So we use a ton of assessment, um, personality, working style assessment. We do that in my business. We're very serious about it because we've seen the incredible impact it's had on the matching of people. And yeah. like, look, we're all of us guys. We're so adamant about doing all this stuff for our business. Well, I got to make sure I know everybody's assessments so we can work within mm-hmm. their strengths and do to do I'm like, have you done it for your family yet? Isn't that yeah. a little more important? Can you imagine yeah. how actually helpful this is? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's, and that's where we got started with all that stuff was we did it. We did it in business. And then, um, whenever I'd start doing this with other businesses, they're like, Hey, can my spouse take this? Mm-hmm. And then spouses, that's how couples night came about. That's and then so you know, cool. the couples, couples go, how old, how old can a kid be? I'm like, well, as long as they understand the language to answer those questions, because mm-hmm. this particular survey, it's got some bigger words. You know, the first time yeah. Haley did it, she goes, what is, what does this one mean? Just yeah, But yeah, once they can figure that out, it's, it's great to have. Yeah, um, and I think maybe advice. like last, last point, something that just kind of been jumping into my mind is, uh, especially now, like realizing not, not that 18 is the end all say all, but like that is the moment, right? They graduate high school, they could leave the house and, I know that's a huge transition, but just being really intentional for me, it seems like that time is it's getting shorter. So just being really intentional of like, we got three more summers with Riley and then he could potentially be, you know, he could be in the house till he's 30, which I don't know that we're keen on either. Right. But just, just putting, putting some measurement to that. I saw Mm -hmm. something the other day, Hey, they, they took the 18 years times, however many weekends, Hey, you've only got this many weekends with your kid and then how those, reduce as time goes along. And I would, I would add a layer to that and say, don't expect a lot of parents you'll see, they start kind of hoarding that time towards the end. And that's really where your child is trying to separate the most because I have to prepare. They don't think through this. This is all instinctual. I have to prepare for this being away from my parents. So how do I do that? I separate myself Mm -hmm. slowly now to where I'm not around them enough. So I, I can mm-hmm. operate in that way when I go away. So here we are trying to capture all these last like, minutes like, and here they mm-hmm. are trying to push away. So if you can imagine the di- the dichotomy there is intense. Yeah. So yeah. in other words, do as much earlier in the stage as you can mm-hmm. and then just latch onto that and then watch for opportunities instead of pushing for opportunities because that's just going to yeah. push them further away. It, and so, it uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a dance that no one trains us how to do. And no. it's like a salsa. You're going to be stepping on toes if you don't really plan for it. So yeah. I'd say one, one more quick thing. And this is something that I'm like really, really thankful for. Um, and it puts things into perspective is as, as like the, the dad, the man, the father, the provider, it's like, you know, what am I building up? Like the, the nest egg for the future, you know, I want to leave yeah. them millions of dollars. And it's like, okay, hold on a minute. Every, every year. So since they were about five years old, I, I like to do this as I do a father, son, and then a father, daughter, some kind of trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously like we do Spain, you don't have to do Spain, but it's like, man, go, go take your daughter out for the weekend somewhere local. Just get that, that father child alone time, just you and them. I mean, we've been doing that every year since they were, they were five Very and important. you know, I sit, I sit here now and you know, sometimes I'm hard on myself. Oh, you know, we could have, we could have built some more money, had some more real estate. It's like, yeah, but like do that experience in Spain with Haley, as crazy as that was, just this most recent one where we got attacked. And like that that was cool. Like I don't want that to always happen, but you just think back it to creates, all these experiences that, yeah. that they have forever. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. this is where family values come in handy. Boy, we could go too long. We gotta wrap this up. But where we family yeah. values come in handy <laughs> is we we came to the agreement as a family that one of our family values was it um, was experiences over things. And I said, you know what that means? It means like there won't be as much in the bank when I die, but I actually don't want there be to be as much in the bank when I die. Mm-hmm. I want them to have to go yeah. learn the things I learned. And I'm working really hard on teaching them that now and the, yeah. and to speed it up. But if you don't earn it, you don't like you respect it. it or value yeah. it. And then you're setting your kid up for disaster. My whole yeah. goal is like, oh, so I bought my son. My son didn't go to college. So I bought him a truck. Okay. Like. Yeah, but he had already agreed to – it wasn't an entitlement thing. Just like be real intentional on how you're going to set these scenarios up so you're not creating 
something, somebody that has all this entitlement, yeah. but you're setting them up for success. And for me, if my son in two years wants to start a business, I'm going to say, great, I'm going to give you $200,000. I want 15% and I'm going to be your business coach. If you want it, when you come mm-hmm. to me, you want it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to invest in you yeah. and we're going to give you a head start, but I'm going to let you fly. Yeah. Now, maybe you bite the dust. Maybe you lose the 200,000. That's the risk I'm willing to take. That's mm-hmm. the kind of thing I'm excited about doing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I met a guy, business, business guy. Um, he, he's got a business, he's in business and, um, his, his parents are both passed. They left him a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting there with me one day, we we're just having coffee and he goes, Hey, um, I was sharing the ex- most recent experience travel. And he's like, I never had that growing up. They, they were both so busy working to leave me all this. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. I wish, I wish I would have had that. So I think just that as a, as a parent, you know, wherever you think you might be failing or didn't do enough, just remember what you've done. You know, grass isn't always greener. You've got to have that perspective and um, your, your kids and how they behave in the world and operate as humans is a great reflection on how you've done as a, as a father. Um, and I think for me, that's a, that's a huge joy when other people go, man, like I saw how your kid treated this kid in this situation. And I'm like, dude, you can't, there's no money in the world that, that I would trade test. for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's an ultimate reflection on what the work that you've done is mm-hmm. how, how they grow. And I, I always say, you're not raising kids, you're raising future adults. Mm-hmm. And if you think of it that way, you train them and model for them how to give, how to receive yeah how to be uh, forgiving, how to interact, how to embrace people who don't see things the same way, how to problem solve, how to have construction, constructive feedback, how to critically think, how to get along with someone that you hate their politics. It does yeah. not matter. Yeah. Face to face, it's always a little different. So those are the things that like we, I feel commissioned to do in my kids. It's not to, to raise them to be the best little league player in the world. I don't give a rat's ass. And maybe if they're super good, they can go on and get some money from it or whatever. That's good. I'm going to cultivate that. But really mine is how do you lose? What do you do when you lose? Because if you, if you can teach your child how to lose and win from it, that's so much better than, than sulking with them in the loss. Anyway, yeah. uh, Matt, it's Love been it. an absolute pleasure talking to you. I have to shut it down. I have another meeting right now. Um, well, hey, we'll do another one soon. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, in a good, we're in a good rhythm. We'll come back again and hit yeah. some more topics. Oh, absolutely. You guys definitely check out uh, Matt's stuff. And you know where it's at. It's in the, in the show notes. And he has a book, Painted Baby. He has another book coming out, which I'm not going to talk about, but it's going to be awesome. He owns a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. Like, just Superman. And I'm just very blessed to have him in my life. And so go follow him. He's got some incredible content. His website's amazing. And it'll all be in the show notes. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.